All right, well, welcome once again and happy Father's Day and glad for y'all to be here. And uh, wasn't that long ago we were talking about the mothers and their purpose. Purpose has been a constant theme for the last little bit in our conversations we've been having here. And we're going to continue to keep talking about purpose. So many times we get bogged down in the details and we miss what God's purpose is. We see what he's saying. We see the details. We see all the words, but we don't know what he means. We don't know what he's trying to convey to us. And we'll get bogged down with one little thing and that we're missing the big picture. We're focused on one little piece of the puzzle when there's a whole picture to see. We're focused on one tree in the entire forest. And God is so much more and so much bigger than that. We try to condense him down so much. And he's just everywhere. Everywhere. So, as we look at, at Father's Day, let's start off with let's start off with a word of prayer to start off with. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity. Father, just for your word today, Father. We thank you for the fathers in our lives. Father, we thank you for being our Heavenly Father. We thank you that you stepped into that role for us, Father, that you love us unconditionally, Father. We thank you for that. We ask you now to open our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us today, Father. Take myself out of the way. Yes, it's in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So Proverbs 22 and 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. As a parent... One of our biggest duties is to, to train. We have to, to care for that child. We have to feed it and water it and take it for walks and change it and give it a place. The basic needs. But we also, we have to, we have to teach it. We have to train it. We are setting them up where they can go out on their own and be able to make it. And then we also, we look at, at God. You know, God is our, our heavenly father. And he is, he made us in his image. We are made in the image of God. We are made in the image of our, our heavenly father. And we look at the things that, that God does. He loves us. He cares for us. He provides for us. He protects us. He helps us in our times of need. He loves us all. He is the, the father to the fatherless. He fills all those voids. And if we are made in his image, we have a lot to do. We have a lot to live for and to do. And if we're talking about fathers today, it's, it's much more than that. It's not only our role as a father because that's a, a small portion of it. And because we have to do so much training that we need to look at the whole picture of who we are, not only as fathers, but as men. Do you know that children receive most of their instruction, not by being told what to do, but by what they observe and what they see. They're watching us. 
They're watching our actions, our behaviors, and what we do. And they want to to mimic that. We are giving them a living example of what they should become. And that's a, a grand responsibility. The father is a great influence in the life of a child. They seek more acceptance from the father. Now, mothers, I like to think it's because the mothers are so loving and nurturing that it's already there. But with the father, you're looking for something different. You're looking for respect. You're looking for them to be proud. You're looking to make them proud. You're looking for acceptance. We see through great studies that having a, an absent father in a life changes the molding of how that child will become. It affects them. And that's because God intended us to have a mother and a father, both with different and direct roles to play. Roles that influence the child and the world around them. It's, uh, it's hard to be a man today. See, because we're going to live the way that, that God tells us to live. We have to go against what the world tells us. See, for the past few decades, as, as each generation goes on, we are attacking and trying to reshape and redefine a man. And we're trying to change his characteristics. We want him to be something different than what God has intended. And Satan has purpose with that. Because if he can tear down the man, the head of the household, the leader, the protector, the religious leader, the guardian, the provider, he can have great influence over the family, over what it is to be. First Corinthians sixteen and thirteen. Watch thee steadfast in faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. Be strong. Titus two six and seven tells us. Young men likewise extort. Be sober-minded in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. God wants us to be strong. 
We have purpose to fulfill. But you know, it's hard. We talk about all the different minorities, all the different groups that are are mistreated or are put down. And the one that needs some attention right now, that really gets overlooked, gets the abundance of abuse, and it's not even really noted as that because it's what we deem normal is men. Go to your, your streaming service, your Netflix, your Hulu, and, and go to the, the movie section. Type in family comedies. And we're going to see some sort of family. And there's going to be a running theme with each and every one. And we're going to see the father. Look how we portray the father in, in television, in movies, even on the small screen, TV shows. He is... A buffoon. He is constantly messing up. He's the, the comic relief that we can laugh at his blunders. He's the one that's going through crisis. He's the one that's trying to do things that are foolish. He's maybe good hearted. He's the family man. But as he goes through and things happen, it's because of his unable to to conquer things that he is the laughing stock. He's a joke. We constantly see, too, that he is ruled over by the wife. That the children don't respect him. And this is the the image that we we deem as normal. It's funny. And we laugh about it. But yet we also accept it. And it's so true in the lives of so many people today. I'm glad that I don't have to be out in the, the dating world right now. What a challenge that would be. See now, because we're all confused about our roles in society and our gender roles, and we don't know what's what and who's who. And the thing is, if you stand up for yourself, if you are a man and you decide that you are only interested in biological women, then you are deemed homophobic or transphobic or some other kind of phobic. Bottom line is, is you're a bad person. But these are things that God has made us this way. God has made us to be attracted to this kind of person. His word says, this is what you should do. But the world says, no, you're bad. Men by nature are rough. A little bit dangerous. We do Manly things. But the world tells us that we shouldn't do that. That when we act too manly, that when we do these traditional manly things, that what is what? That is toxic. That is 
bad for society. It's bad examples and it's bad for people because we are acting the way God made us. When it comes to to children, the woman has all the control. When that baby is in her body, it's her choice. Anything and everything that happens or doesn't happen to it, he has no say. Even though that it is just as much his as it is hers. Furthermore, when it comes time for separation, that the side always falls to the mother. But don't worry, the dad will always have the role of getting to pay. To making sure he's taking care of things. But when he's out there and he's working and he's doing and providing, then he's put down again because he's not there enough. Every way that we turn... We get put into a no-win situation according to the world. We have a duty to, to teach, to instruct. From the way that we look, how we dress, how we act, Deuteronomy says 22.5 That a woman shall not wear what is pretendous unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for to do so is an abomination of thy Lord God. I see, this is where we get really confused. Because... God intends men to be men and women to be women. We have our roles and we have our our purpose. And we so many times get bogged down with feelings and details that we fail to see that this is the key element here. And that's one reason why same-sex relationships do not work. It's because, not because of who you love, not because of who the person is, it's because there is no way that both people can fulfill their role if they're in that situation. One of them has to be submissive. And that's where we run into problems. Now the world tells us that we are to let our kids choose. That it's all right for them to to play with the opposite gender toys. It's all right for them to dress in in opposite gender clothes. It's becoming more and more mainstream. We are going more gender neutral we're going more where it doesn't matter and and we're just saying all these things and we're we're letting it go and be 
And that's where we need to stand up and say no. That we need to teach what is right. And what is right is what the Word of God says. You know, as, as children, we, we do things and we experiment. And that's how we learn what the world is. And some things, we just learn by, by happening. You know, if you lay your hand up on top of a hot stovetop, you're not going to do that anymore because you got some negative reinforcement by that heat being applied to your hand. But the same thing goes when you're, when you're doing something. You know, if uh, your son runs out and he says he's dressed like Wonder Woman, this is a teaching moment. And you know, then things are going to stick. It's like, okay, this is something I'm not supposed to do. But if we allow our children just to do whatever they want to do and don't give them any kind of instruction, of course, they are going to believe that it's okay. Well, Dad didn't say nothing about it. But if we were to talk back to our mothers, if we were to bring home some bad grades, all these different things that we address, we remember. So when they don't address something, we also remember that too. And if it's not addressed, then we will say, well, that's okay. Who do we want raising our children? And what kind of beliefs do we want to instill in them? Is it that we want to say whatever the world says, whatever is the fad of the day, is that what we want our children to believe? Or we do want them to have a strong foundation in Christ. Strong foundation into the word of God. Let that be their source. Let that be their compass. The world is getting more and more corrupt every day and is changing every day. There is no foundation and no base to it. You might as well build your house upon the sand so it can be washed away. The word of God is the rock, the foundation. The world tells us, the word tells us to be strong. We see our, our celebrities and they walk out up on the stages and the men are wearing dresses and, and frilly clothes and talk about their gender fluidity. And it makes them look weak. Well, we don't need to be strong anymore, they say, because we live in a, a civil society and, and we should just get along. We don't have to do that thing. It's a do battle, it's a fight to be able to do these things, to stand up here, it's barbaric. But you know, there's many times that we have to stand up. You know, we look at men and women, we see they're very different. Men are made stronger, bigger, faster, and that's for a reason, so they can protect, so they can battle, so they can work, so they can provide. And that's what we are, should be doing, to be strong, to be sober-minded. These ideas of 
primping ourselves up. You know, it, it started back years ago. We had the, the metrosexual phase where men were starting to get their nails done and fancying up their hairs. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. We don't have to be pretty. We have to be productive. Now we look at some of the examples that God gave us in his word and look at, at these men. You know, uh, Abraham. Yeah, he had his moments when he, uh, he felt scared. He had his doubt, like we all do. But he also stood up when he needed to. He took his men, which was a bunch of farmers and raisers, people that raised the cattle and their meager weapons, and he would march them in when he needed to. David was a small shepherd's boy, last of his father's children. He went out and took down a lion and a bear by hand. We'd call that barbaric today. Needless. But he was tough, strong when he needed to be. He marched out there unprotected by armor. And he took down a giant. He would lead his men into battle. And he would take out thousands. There's been many a brave warrior in the Word of God. Because there's times when we need to be strong. And God will power us through these situations. It's all sanctioned by God, provided by God. We need a little more sunlight for a battle. Hold up a stick. God will hold back the sun. The enemy closing in a little too far. I'll hold back some water. And then I'll let it go just at the right time. See, God can be everything he needs to be in the right moment. And so can we. If we use the word of God, we let God lead us, shape us, and mold us, we can be all the things that we need to be. I want to talk about Jesus for a moment. He's the fan favorite here, right? He was a, a guy. What would we think about him today? Because uh, some of his behaviors might have been condoned as, as toxic if we look to it. He walks up into a, a religious establishment and he starts overturning tables. It's a little violent. He stood up to the, the Pharisees. 
That's a little unruly. He took his ridicule. Through all the, the beatings, the mocking, the unbelief, he stood strong. Face down Satan himself, eye to eye, toe to toe. Sometimes we have to be strong. And it doesn't always have to be one way. The world paints a picture that it's all or nothing. Right now, as we move closer to election time, we, we see that. And one side puts it out. Okay, this is the way it is. This is these behaviors. And if you do not agree with everything that we say, if you don't vote with us, agree with us, then you condone these behaviors. And that's not the case because we are complex creatures. I learned an interesting thing one time in a, in a therapy session. They said that nothing is always and nothing is never. And so many times we push in them two directions. Well, you always treat me this way. You never do this. And that's not the case at all. Because we always have the potential. There we go over there. We have the potential to be able to change at any moment. And we don't have to be one way all the time. Man, we can be hard when we need to be hard. When the time strikes, when we need to stand up for what's right. We need to stand up against the Pharisees. When we need to go into battle, we can be hard. But when we need to be nurturing, when we need to be soft, we can be tender. We can do that too. We don't have to be one thing all the time. We can be what we need to be at any given moment. But what we have to do is, is figure out what is all those things that we need to be. So, so many times we just want to pick one thing because that's easier. It's not complex. We can just focus on one thing. Well, I'm going to be the tough guy, and that's all I'm ever going to be. And I'm never going to show no emotion. I'm never going to be anything here. And that, that's a problem. But on the flip side, too, well, I'm going to be the good guy. I'm going to be soft, and I'm going to be caring, and I'm going to be understanding all the time. And I'm going to avoid conflict, and I'm never going to step in that role as a protector. I'm going to do what I'm told, and that is a problem, too, because neither one of these examples is what God has for us. Everyone that God gives us here to look at and work with is complex individuals. They have their moments of greatness. 
They have their moments of weakness. They had times when they performed outstandingly. They have times when they performed not so good. And all of that's to show that we are human, that we can make mistakes, that we can't overcome, and that God's going to see us through each and every situation. And it's also to show us that we are complex and we can do all this gamut of different things if we just allow ourselves to do so. We allow ourselves to be who God wants us to be. You know, they do studies for everything. And they say a lot of times that, that women are attracted to the, the bad boy. They say that a lot of times that guys that are overly nice can't seem to find a mate. And there is reason for this. It's because it's this all or nothing situation. Because we're not providing everything that is needed. So they're seeking something more. You know, we have this feminist movement these days. And a lot of times that translates into hating men. And there's nothing wrong with equality. There's nothing wrong. Everyone should be treated equal. Everyone should be equally loved. That's the way God intended it. But we do still have our roles. And there is nothing wrong with being a man. There's nothing wrong being a woman. And there's nothing wrong with doing things within those roles the way God intended it. I don't understand why that is such a problem. Why is there such a push to want to do things that we were never created to do? Why is it such a burden that we have someone else that can do certain things better than we can. As a man, there are certain things that women can do better than I can do. It's just the way that we are made up. And that's part of God's plan because what are we supposed to do? Man and woman are to come together and to be one. One evens out the other. Where one falls short, the other one picks up, and vice versa. We are to be a team, a unit. We want to do everything ourselves. We have something to prove to who knows what. And we're just messing everything up. And we're... We're showing are children that. And we don't get these kind of messages from the pulpit. This message that you're hearing today is probably not the Father's Day message you're getting in most other places. Because, first of all, we want to not offend anybody. 
Do you know that church is predominantly female? Most churches are somewhere around two-thirds female congregation. So uh, a traditional pastor would push in that direction. You want to please the masses. Do you know how a lot of people came to be at the head of the church? Many times they were, they were pushed up because they wasn't suited for a lot of physical activity. They weren't suited to go out into battle. But this was something that they could do. So a lot of times that the ones we have teaching were started out on the, the softer side of things. And we we get that that we get that message. Because we don't want to talk about ourselves. Now me, I'm different. I don't care. I'll point out my flaws. I'll put out my shortcomings. Like it or not. We speak the truth. We speak God's truth. And when we speak God's truth, sometimes we are going to see things about ourselves that's not as perfect as we would like and not the way we want it. But that's the way it is. We have a duty to ourselves, to God, and our children, the next generation, to be living examples of what we should be. We are training right now the next generation of fathers. And how we are molding this generation is how they are going to mold the next generation. And we have to decide what we want. What we want our children to be. Are we happy with who we are? Are we happy with who we are as a society? Or do we want change? Do we want a godly world? And as always, my friends, that decision is yours. The decision of what you want. Who you want to be. God has given us all the rules, all the regulations, everything we need to do. All we have to do is decide what path we want to jump on. Do we want to walk in the light, follow the narrow path, or are we want to get on that well-beaten path that goes into the dark that's led by Satan and the world? I keep saying that we have to look through Bible-filtered glasses. We have to let the Bible be our filter. So when we start hearing all these things about toxic masculinity and ginger fluidity and all these things that affect men, feminist movement, we have to filter those things through the Word of God. See what the Word of God says for, and more importantly, see what God's purpose is in all of it. What does He want from us? What is He trying to accomplish? Remember, folks, that these things that God put down here for, they're not just willy-nilly. They're not just for His entertainment. They are purpose-driven. 
God wants us to act this way because of what? There's always a what? He has purpose in everything he does. He wants us to act this way for this reason. He wants us to do this for this reason. He wants us to avoid this for this reason. And all them reasons come together to give us an abundance life. All those reasons come together to shape us and mold us into the people that we are supposed to be. All those reasons come together so we can be a beacon of light and we can be an example. You know, the idea is, is that we're supposed to have a good, positive attitude. We're supposed to be living in the Word of God. And then people are supposed to see that and they're going to say, Hey, what's up with you? I want some of that. And then we can say, well, let me introduce you to my friend. Have you met Jesus? This is what he does for me. And he brought along this word and it has all this cool stuff that told me how to act this way. But it's so much easier just to go along with the world. To laugh it off and to fall into the role that the world says we should fall into. Hardest part about being a man, taking that first step and saying no. Saying I choose God. When we get to that point, God will see us through.